1: welcome back to the program 1300 01 11 70 get us on that text line as well zero four five seven seven three six seven three six as always lots of football going on around the globe at this time as a result of that we speak to football broadcaster well respected within the industry daniel garb he is on the line g'day daniel hello jimmy how are you mate mate i'm really well i'm really well and well when I think about the UPL, I've got I've got mixed emotions with this one, Daniel. Okay, big. Let's start at the positive. Big Ange got got the show back on the road again with Tottenham. That's a pretty impressive win against Newcastle as well. And this attack at all cost mentality seems to be paying off.
0: Yeah, I mean they were fantastic against Newcastle, a, a fellow Champions League contender, a side that has got some injury problems and form and confidence issues at the moment uh, as well, but. Uh, The way in which Spurs played in the second half was simply fantastic. And it's just a mentality that uh, has allowed to fester inside the squad all season long now. And there were going to be dips, and Spurs went through that as they had a tough fix to run and some injuries and suspensions of their own. But there's just so much belief and joy, really, in the way in which Andrew Postacoglu wants them to play. That all came to the fore once more, like it had done for the first three months of the season against Newcastle United. Song Hyun-min was fantastic, the skipper. Uh, he buys into uh, Anders' philosophy as, as much as everyone. And uh, he was magnificent uh, on the wing and uh, as a goal-scoring threat. And that was a big statement. They made another one a couple of weeks ago, let's not forget, with that draw against Manchester City. But to come out yes. after a, a disappointing defeat and destroy Newcastle like that, I mean, the confidence inside the supporter group and the playing group is never been an issue. They've been happy with Ange the whole way through, even when they did. But from the outside, just to silence some of the nation players have been a little bit dismissive of uh, Ange's plan A and no need for a plan B
1: philosophy, <laughs>
0: uh, I think that would have been satisfying for him and, and all at Tottenham.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, so we go from that, uh, the positive, to uh, the little bit of a concern. So... I'm talking about the fact that Man United beaten 3-0 at home by Bournemouth. So, Eric Ten Hag under all sorts of pressure on this one. You want to add a layer of difficulty to it, then uh, Manchester United uh, at home to Bayern Munich in the Champions League uh, coming up tomorrow as well. How do you see this playing out, Garby?
0: Not well. I mean, everything at Manchester United over the last 10 years has told you that... uh, This is not going to end well. The most glaring stat, and this is not all on Eric Ten Hag, it's on the the post Sir Alex Ferguson era, the most glaring stat that sums up the demise of Manchester United since Sir Alex Ferguson left 10 years ago is that they have now lost more home games at Old Trafford in the 10 years since Sir Alex Ferguson departed than for the entirety of his 26-year stay at the club. Isn't that incredible? Uh. So, you know, the place is, hasn't been the same since. They've had little lifts you know, at moments under different managers. And they had it last season with Eric Ten Hag. And, and United fans thought, all right, we've, we've got our man now. You know, it needs mm. to be a young, brash manager, similar to a, a Jurgen Klopp who can come in with a, a strong philosophy from the outside and change the culture of the dressing room. No, it fell apart from the start of the season again. And they've had the odd moment where they've they eked through against teams they should beat easily and they've kept a clean sheet and won one nil But as soon as they come up against a team that uh, is superior to them, they fall apart quickly. And to lose 3-0 to Bournemouth on the weekend, that is just completely unforgivable. So the pressure continues to mount and uh, when you consider they got Bayern Munich Uh, away in the morning and uh, could be out of the Champions League as well. I mean, it looks like their season is nowhere near where they wanted it to be well before Christmas. And uh, that is going to pile more and more pressure on Eric Ten Hag. And uh, there's just a feeling of apathy there at Manchester United. The fans are almost over it. They don't want to sit there discussing managerial options. They're just so flat. Um, They'll go there and they'll support their team and they'll hope for a win. But they've got a game against Liverpool coming up. On the weekends, and United fans are already looking at it going, we're going to be beaten easily and embarrassed yeah. again against our biggest rivals, like they have done on so many occasions in the last few years.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, so the theatre of dreams becomes very much off, off, off Broadway, unfortunately, but um, that's where they're at. What about the pointy end of the table? Liverpool back to the top with that loss from Arsenal to Aston Villa, who might be the story of the season, Garvey.
0: Never mind, might be. Uh, unequivocally, the story of yeah. the season, Jimmy. A fantastic under mm-hmm. I what they're doing. They're doing. And uh, and long may I continue for Villa fans, but also for neutrals. I think uh, supporters love seeing a team jump out of the box and, uh, and contend. And they're a big club. You know, people forget that about Aston Villa. They're a really big football team. Um, yeah. Part of a big city. They've got a big stadium. They're the European Cup winners from... You know, close to 40 years ago now. And, uh, you know, they've had little moments in the Premier League era where they've jumped up and been a, a top 16, especially under Martin O'Neill. But uh, they've now got their groove back in a big way under Unai Emery, who is a fantastic boss. They've got an excellent keeper in Emmy Martinez, who won the World Cup at Argentina, and a top class striker in Oli Watkins, and several other good players around them. To beat Arsenal after they beat City is just, yes, a wonderful moment for uh, that football club. And, uh, You'd be silly to write them off finishing in the top four. I'm not sure they can sustain a title challenge, um, but certainly um, you know, being around the top four come the last month or two of the season would be a, a fantastic story in itself. Liverpool uh, are in an excellent vein of form at the moment. They've got a tough extra to run coming up, but that win against Palace in, uh, in stoppage time was huge. Wonderful goal from Harvey Elliott. So they go to the top. It feels like a three-way title race. I know people will say City aren't the same city right now, but they always have a big run in the last two months of the season because they've rotated their players so much. So you cannot discount them. But uh, Liverpool have got a a tough run over Christmas. If they get through that in this position, wow, they'll be uh, thinking seriously about a second title in the space of three seasons.
1: Yeah. Well, if Aston Villa are the story of the EPL, then surely MacArthur are the story of the A-League. And, and this big win over the course of the weekend catapults them to the top of the ladder. I think we spoke about it last week in the surprise packets, but now the surprise packets who were sitting second or maybe even third, I think now top of the ladder. That's incredible.
0: Yeah. The top three teams, MacArthur, Wellington Phoenix, and Brisbane Raw. I'm not sure yeah. if anyone would have got close to predicting that at the start of the season. And, uh, all under relatively new managers. I mean, Wellington and, and Brisbane certainly are. Ross Aloisi doing a great job with the Raw, Giancarlo Italiano with the Phoenix, and, and Milester Jovsky, who took over MacArthur midway through last season, has got them at the top of the table, which is brilliant. The soccer is great. They're a club that has been mocked, let's be honest, Timmy. More often than not, since they the competition. And now they're just going about their business quietly. They've stabilised. And they're playing really good football and they seem to be enjoying it you know and the crowds are building slowly the vibe's certainly good at their home games and yeah it's one to be excited about in the a-league especially when you've got uh, you know a socceroos player like milo Sajovsky, who was just such a, uh, a fan favorite for so long and um, at the helm and, and going about his business nicely and doing ever so well so yeah they capitalized mm-hmm. on andrew redmayne's red card in the, uh, the game on Saturday night, which was, I think, ha- a little bit harsh, the decision, but I don't know what on earth he was doing in terms of his positioning, just coming way off his line, getting caught in no-man's land, and he got himself into trouble, and uh, McCaffrey really well to, uh, to make Sydney pay. Jake Holman, the former Sydney FC player, with uh, his second goal in two weeks, and he is such a classy performer. You watch him and you think, that is future Socceroo all day long, yeah. so uh, enjoying watching him play as well.
1: Speaking of future Socceroo, we believe Nestor Irenkunda is going to be that. We've been marvelling at what he's been able to do, but he was a bit of a a concern after Adelaide lost 2-0 to the Raw, Garby. What did you make of that?
0: Yeah, the reaction where he was in tears after being substituted. I think it just sums up how raw he is still and how much maturing he has left him. The fact that he's only 17 There's a lot of pressure on him. There's a lot of pressure from people around him. He puts a lot of pressure on himself. You get signed by Bayern Munich. And obviously you feel the need to uh, deliver every single time you go out on the pitch. And I think it's the fact of being a teenager and and just struggling to deal with all of that at this stage of his career. And he's got good people around him that are talking to him a lot about that. Uh, But sometimes, unfortunately, you, you just can't control and the youthfulness of Nestoria and Kundra, and he's going to have these moments. So hopefully he gets through it. The talent is undeniable, um, but obviously he has a lot of growing up to do, which I think he admits and people at Adelaide admit more than anyone. And hopefully going to Bayern Munich will be the best thing for him so, uh, to be in that environment where you, you're forced to grow up and they look after you, and maybe getting out of Adelaide will be a benefit for him. We certainly hope that uh, that's, yeah. that's the case going to be an interesting watch and uh, it was sad to see him in that situation but I think it's simply a case of all the pressure around him and, and his desire to deliver for uh, for the club and for himself and for the people that matter most to him so yeah, he'll get through it hopefully but uh, yeah it was a shame for him on the weekend
1: uh, So we've talked future Socceroos let's talk Socceroos captain Matty Ryan now this is a bit of a concern with the Asian Cup coming up in January what's the latest on the injuries I, I think he picked it up at training Daniel
0: He he did. So it's a fractured cheekbone. He's got a hell of a lot of stitches in his cheek. Now it's a four to six week injury. The Asian Cup is around four weeks away. So I think he will be okay. As a goalkeeper, we often see them wearing those facial protection masks. I can imagine that would be the likely scenario for Matt Ryan. I think he'll be there. If he's not and the injury lingers for whatever reason, he doesn't feel comfortable or he has a setback, it's a big concern for the Socceroos because there isn't a, a nailed on number two there, of course. which Landerak was in that position, but he felt like he was, when well, he was brought out of retirement, he felt like he was uh, treated badly by the Socceroos hierarchy. He's now out of, of action, and, and there isn't a strong option as a number two. We all remember what Andrew Redmayne did for Australia to get us to the World Cup, but his form has since then, he might not even be in the, in the squad for uh, the Asian yeah. Cup. Um, There's Joe Gauchi from Adelaide who's very talented but inexperienced. And then there's a bit of a gap. So Australia needs Matt Ryan to be there um, as a top-class keeper and the captain as well. So let's hope he recovers in time. I think he'll be fine.
1: Uh, I believe we're hearing you, uh, the dulcet tones, across the SEN Airways next week. Is that right, Garby?
0: I'll be filling your enormous shoes, uh, Jimmy, for uh, a week before Christmas and then a week or so afterwards. Looking forward to it. Um, A lot of cricket to talk about, of course. Looking forward to the Test match starting uh, at the end of the week. A lot of football. We'll look at uh, everything that's going on around the world uh, across the summer periods. And, uh, yeah, I'm uh, really excited to chat to the SEN listeners and, and keep them occupied during the festive season. It'll be great.
1: Uh, You'll do it on your ear, mate. It'll be fantastic. Uh, Thank you for today. Uh, Enjoy the rest of the week, mate.
0: Thanks, Jimmy. All the best, mate.